Section 12 of Northern Trails, Book 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Melissa Jean. Northern Trails, Book 2, by William J. Long. Part 2 of Where the Salmon Jump. As we stand on the rock once more, and the fly goes sweeping down the current, there is the same swift rush of our big salmon in the same spot, and another miss. He is rising short, that is, behind the fly, which shows that he is a bit suspicious, and that our lure is too large. As we change it leisurely for a smaller one of the same kind, the heavy plunge of a fish draws your attention upstream, where a salmon is jumping repeatedly high out of water just below the falls. What is he jumping there for? You will laugh when I tell you that he is trying to get a good look at the falls. But that is true, nevertheless. Come up to the fallen spruce that bridges the river, and let us watch him there for a while. Our big salmon will keep. He is in a rising mood, and when we get him, fishing is over for the day, for we have enough. Below the falls, which are here some ten or twelve feet high, salmon are jumping continually. As you watch the heavy white rush of water, other salmon poke their heads out of the foam, look at the falls a moment, and disappear. Then a silver gleam flashes through some black water. A salmon springs out, flies in a great arc up to the rim of the falls, just touches the falling sheet of water, plunges over the brim, and disappears with a victorious flash of his broad tail into the swift water above. He has done it, jumped the falls, and though the whole thing was swift as light, you have the impression that at last you know just how it was done. Down yonder there are some lower falls, and there you can see the salmon leaping clear over them in a single spring, rising out of the foam below and disappearing into the swift, clear stream above, without even touching the falling sheet of water. But here it is different. Salmon after salmon springs out, lands on his tail against the falling water just below the brim of the falls, and then plunges up and over as his tail, like a bent spring, recoils from under him. Now throw a stone or two into the falls, just where that last salmon struck. There, I hit you with a big one, and in a flash you see and hear that the sheet of falling water is thinnest there, and that the face of the rock lies close beneath. Here is a suggestion which may explain why and how the salmon jump. Down on the still reaches of the river where they jump continually, especially in the late afternoon, that is partly for fun and play, no doubt, but it is also for practice to accustom themselves to high jumps and to learn how to land on head or tail as they please. Here under the falls they jump out of water and again hold their heads above the foam as you see them to study the place and to see where they must strike in order to succeed. There to the left is a spot where the falls are a foot lower than the average, but though you watch all day you will not see a single salmon jump there, where you would naturally expect him to try. The river pours swiftly through this notch, worn in the softer rock, and spurts farther out from the face of the wall beneath. Were a salmon to strike there, he would find no solid purchase from which to finish his leap, but would be overwhelmed in a flash by the force of the cataract. To the right of this notch are two places which seem to be favorites with the salmon. Again and again, in days of watching, you will see them land on their bent tails in these two spots. As they land, their tails strike down through the falling water, touch the rock beneath, and recoil like steel springs and the salmon bound up like rubber balls and vanish over the brim. Occasionally they fall, and you have a confused impression of a big silver fish hurled into the turmoil below. Look, there in the shallow eddy, beside that rock on the shore, there is a fat eighteen-pound salmon struggling to hold his place. The cruel gash in his side shows all too plainly that he failed in his jump and was hurled back upon the rocks. To stay here now is death to Copsey. For even should he escape, the bear and otter and eagle, a multitude of parasites, plant and animal, would fasten upon the wound and suck his life away. 
that is what his slime is for to oil his silver sides and keep away these deadly fungi that swarm in fresh water once the scales are scraped away and the tender flesh laid bare Copsip has no protection and to stay in the river is suicide but even here nature is not unkind nor does she ever forget a creature's needs other salmon eat nothing while they are moving up the rivers to their spawning beds and appetite itself vanishes but the wounded fish there suddenly feels within him the need of recuperation and takes to feeding greedily upon whatever the river brings him toss in a worm a bit of meat a fly anything edible and he rises to it swiftly in a few hours he feels better and whirls in the current and goes speeding back to the sea where the salt water destroys the parasites and heals his wound and makes him strong again but he will not come back to the river again this year a half a mile above there is another fall higher than this one let us go up and find there the most difficult problem of all to answer a single glance at the falls tells you instantly that they are too high for any salmon to leap other rivers with a fall no higher than this one are barred to the salmon which run up only as far as the falls and then turn back to the sea or else spawn at the mouths of shallow brooks along the way but the salmon in this river go clearer to the headwaters you can see them jumping and catch a dozen above the falls here just below the cataract they are springing high out of water or poking their heads out of the foam just as they did at the lower falls in order to study the difficult place as you watch a big salmon flashes up in a great arc and tumbles into the sheet of falling water not half way up to the top soon another follows him striking in the same place you watch closely but see nothing more they have simply vanished into the falls a dead salmon floats past you another is gasping in a shallow eddy a third lies half eaten by an otter under the shelving bank here is a place evidently where many fail now watch the topmost rim of the waterfall ten minutes pass slowly while you keep your eyes on the line where the yellow flood breaks over the brim of the falls there a flash of living silver breaks the uneven line a broad tail cuts the air in a curving sweep as a salmon plunges safely over the top into the swift water above that is probably the fish you saw vanish into the falls ten feet below now we must follow him if we are to learn anything more of his methods for twenty years ever since i first finished the savagol i have wondered how it is possible for salmon to get up a waterfall which was plainly impossible to leap and on reading the books i found that almost every salmon fisherman for two centuries had puzzled over the same problem standing under these falls one day and throwing stones at the spots in the falling sheet of water where the salmon were plunging in it occurred to me suddenly that it might be possible to go in myself and find out what they were doing on two rivers i had tried it unsuccessfully and though i had glimpses of salmon lying on the wet rocks inside the falls i was almost swept away in the cataract here the task proved unexpectedly easy for on one side the swift flood shot far out from the face of the rock and the falling sheet of water was not heavy enough to knock one off his feet so if you don't mind a soaking which will do you no harm here in the deep wilderness where there are no microbes to give you a cold let us after our salmon with rubber coats falling down over waders we slip through and under the edge of the broad sheet of falling water and stand close against the rocky wall it is cool and wet here the hollows in this rough face of rock are brimming over the air is full of heavy mist but the flood pours over our heads without touching us a salmon is kicking violently among the stones and you brush him with your foot out into the cataract as we move along to the middle of the stream pressing close against the wall with the thunder of the falls pouring over us harmlessly we come suddenly upon salmon everywhere on the stones in deep hollows of the rock struggling up the scarred and pitted face of the cliff itself 
push on a little farther and now you will see a great crevice slanting diagonally up the wall almost to the brim of the fall over your head a thin stream of water runs through it making a fall within a fall this crevice is full of salmon some dead some lying and resting quietly in the hollows others kicking flapping sliding upward over the wet stone and the slippery bodies of their fellows to the life above your first visit may solve the problem for this river at least or you may have to return again and again before you see the thing accomplished from beginning to end this is the time for the river is just beginning to rise after the rains and great runs of salmon are moving up from the pools below while those that were here resting below the falls for the great effort feel the onward movement and start upward to the spawning grounds at the head of the river as you stand here salmon after salmon comes flying in through the falling sheet of white water some strike fair against the wall rebound and are swept away like smoke others as if they knew the spot plunge into a wet hollow rest for an instant from the shock then wriggle and leap to the hollows above here is one that dashes in and lights fairly in the great crevice at your shoulder on the bodies of three or four other salmon that are lying there gasping and struggling feebly in an instant his broad tail is threshing violently pushing him upward in desperate flappings and wrigglings up over the rock over the bodies of his fellows resting here leaping bodily there over a ridge up and up till with one last effort he plunges over the brim and is gone however it may be on other rivers the problem here is an amazingly simple one the salmon leap into the falls trusting to luck or instinct or more probably to knowledge gained from previous experience to break through the sheet of falling water and land in one of the numerous hollows or crevices in the face of the rock then if not stunned or swept away in the first effort they struggle up the side of the rock itself and over the bodies of their less successful fellows till near enough to the top to leap over here as indeed in most falls one may notice a curious rhythmic movement of the water it rarely pours over the falls in an even flood but rather in a succession of spurts with slower and lighter movements between so that both by eye and ear one gets the impression of the throbbing in the water's movements as if the river were only one of many arteries and somewhere behind them all a great heart were beating and driving the waters onward in slow regular mighty pulsations undoubtedly the salmon make use of this fact resting near the top of the rock for a slower and lighter movement of the water when they throw themselves over the brim of the fall and so avoid being swept away after accomplishing the most difficult and dangerous part of their journey desperate as it is this is probably the method used on other rivers where salmon surmount a waterfall which is plainly too high to leap dr elwood worcester of boston writes me that while salmon fishing on white bay his guides told him of a place where the salmon climbed the cliff behind a fall and where the fishermen collected barrels of fish for winter every season he went with them behind the fall and watched for hours as the salmon plunged in and then began the almost impossible task of leaping up the rock there as here only a fraction of the struggling fish ever reached the top some of the unsuccessful ones tried again others sped away to heal their wounds the rest lay quiet among the rocks awaiting the poor fishermen or floated away to feed the mink and the eagle nature called the many in order to choose a few and the whole process was accompanied by that apparent waste and perfect economy with which nature always accomplishes her object as we go downstream and take up our position on the flat rock again a heavy plunge is out on the edge of the white current shows that our big salmon is still there and in a rising mood he will take our fly now and the rest is a matter of skill with a large element of luck which is all in the salmon's favour 
but our glimpse under the falls has aroused a new interest in the hidden life of the big fish resting and playing there in the turmoil so let us hear his story before we catch him end of where the salmon jump end of section 12